Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. Uh, I know, it's been a while. Uh, it's probably been a while again. So, um, it's August 28th, 2018. Uh, what is it, fucking Tuesday? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I got a couple things to get into. Uh, Shane gave me some topics, questions, and then I had a couple things that I've been wanting to talk about. So, I'm going to get into those things as well. Um, I have been pretty busy. And just, uh, really haven't had the time for this, and, um, I don't foresee having the time for this, for the most part, um, and honestly, like, I don't, I don't get, um, I don't get frequent enough questions, topics, this type of thing, I don't frequently watch wrestling at all, I, I very, very rarely watch wrestling at, at all, like, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's probably giving myself more credit for watching wrestling than I actually do. Cause it's, it's so few and far between. It's like a match every month tops. Like seriously, it's, it's like, I don't watch wrestling anymore. Um, I follow it online. Obviously I know all the players for the most part and eh, not all, obviously new people, you know, pop up in the game and, you know, go and prove themselves. And 
I probably don't know much about those guys. And, you know, I, I hear buzz about this and that, but it's like if you, um, you know, you, you kept up with a, a TV show for, you know, eight seasons and now they're on their 10th season, you could probably still catch up with what's going on if you hear about it or you read about what's, what's you know, being done on the show. So that's why I've always, uh, you know, felt pretty comfortable with talking about things, despite the fact that I haven't watched them. I know a lot of people have uh, problems uh, grasping that concept, but what can I do? Um, so, yeah, it's, um, let me see. What do I got to talk about? Oh, so, so basically after the last race I had, um, I had the, you know, those last two races I talked about on the last show I did. And then, um, yeah, I took about a week or so off my fucking, my neck was pretty banged up. Um, and I think it's just like tightness. I think just shit gets like all fucking tight in there. And I start getting like frequent headaches and stuff, which pisses me off. Cause then I can't really like train the way I want to and stuff. So I took like a lot longer off after the races than I wanted to probably at least fucking week, two weeks of not training at all. So then, um, I saw that, uh, lucky, lucky 13, um, put up something, uh, he's, he's a personal trainer, you know, he retired from wrestling, uh, I guess retired or just stopped doing it or whatever. And he put up a thing that, um, he was going to do a free 30 day body transformation type deal, um, for wrestling fans slash wrestlers, whoever wanted to be involved. And, you know, one day left to sign up. I was just like, fuck it. I, you know, I need to get back in the gym. Anyway, I was going to anyway, why not with some structure? You know, I did the same kind of deal with, um, Dickinson a while back, you know, and it really helped get me on track and just kind of steer me in the right direction. I only kind of need like a little bit of guidance and a little bit of structure. And and it really, you know, locks my focus back in. I'm, I'm a pretty driven dude. So, um, you know, it's, um, I don't want to call it easy, but you know, it's, probably not as big of a hill to climb for me as it is for most people, but it's, you know, again, the, once you get into the system, you get in the structure, you know, it, it, it helps a lot. Um, he had a whole, he has a whole app set up and everything. So it's like, um, you know, you can follow the shit and, you know, it gives you your, your training and this and that, um, dietary. I really didn't change a fucking thing, which, um, it's, you know, it's part of the deal, obviously. Um, Maybe I'm not going to make as much progress or whatever. I'm not really looking for a, a 30 day transformation. Again, I was just looking for a little structure along with what I'm doing. And I, I can't thank him enough for that shit. You know, I'm only half saying this to tell you that like, I would have been really focusing on training. Secondly, to, you know, give him a shout out and thank him for doing this because I already know that, you know, the type of things that, um, you know, the, the type of charges that normally come with this, this type of, um, service. So, for him to even, you know, put out a 30 day free thing for people out there like that. Um, I really appreciate it. It definitely takes a lot of his time and, um, you know, stuff he could be making money off of. So, but, um, yeah, I I appreciate it highly. It's, uh, like I said, got me locked back in fucking smashing shit in the gym. So, um, been doing that, uh, you know, which definitely occupies a lot of my physical time and, um, you know, I'm fucking tired when I get out of there. I work six days a week as, as always. And, um, you know, I get out of there and then I hit the gym and then, you know, doing, doing a five day, you know, training week. So that my two nights off, it's like, fuck man, I'm running around the yard like crazy. Um, finished. Um, I don't remember where I was at with the duck pen last I talked on here, 
but it's since been finished, which was a major, major product project and occupied a ton of my time because, um, you know, I had a friend of mine, Bruce really helping me. He was like the architect as far as getting this whole shit going and, and, um, he doesn't listen to podcasts or any of this kind of crazy shit, but he's like, uh, I have, I owe that dude big time because he, you know, he, he's done construction and shit like that. I don't really know anything about any of that. I'm not really a super handy dude, but, um, you know, I fucking helped where I could. And this fucking guy really helped put together, um, the dopest fucking pen I could have imagined, uh, out of what I had and, you know, out of uh, minimal cost. So, um, you know, just, just a little bit of this and that here and there. We'll get back into the chicken thing. Cause I definitely want to uh, talk in depth about that. But, um, but yeah, so again, I just been kind of exhausted as far as that. And, uh, again, like if I, if I don't have like a, a regular feed of people telling me like, look, yeah, I want to hear what your opinion is on this or on this and this and this, I, like, I don't have a lot of, um, enthusiasm about just jumping on here and doing this shit. I do enjoy when I do it, but it's, um, you know, it, it's hard to find time to do it. And without encouragement, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So, um, let me go through uh, Shaheen's uh, topics and, and whatnot, and uh, then I'll get into the other things that I had uh, mentioned on there, which is pretty much just like three things. Um, GCW NYC. All right. Um, I, I can't talk too, too much about the card because I really didn't watch much of it. I watched actually um, the Marco Stunt uh, Cal the Beast match, and I watched the Nick Gage match. Um, both had my purposes behind it. I, I listened to Jeremy's, uh, episode of, I got your five stars. And, uh, you know, he had been pretty pissed off about Marco stunt existing <laughs> more or less. Like, uh, I like, he, he didn't want, he didn't take too kindly to the fact that that dude like exists in wrestling. So I, I had to see it just to see what the fuck this was all about. Um, I guess I'll talk real quick about that match and just say that um, I, I feel like he got a little bit too much offense on Kyle the Beast. Uh, I've never been a big fan of the giant killer angle. You know, when Spike Dudley was doing it, I hated it. Uh, I mean, even back when fucking X-Pac did the whole fucking thing with Razor Ramon and all that, I didn't like that shit when he was a uh, 1-2-3 kid. I, I didn't like that shit back then either. I really don't like the fucking little guy beating the big guy shit. I, I'm not a big fan of it. A lot of it's not very believable. I feel like um, like 90% of the shit he tried should have been countered. Like, his offense should have been a lot less. Like, he did some kind of flippy shit to the outside, and when he landed on Kyle the Beast, he, he fell down. And that shouldn't have happened. He should have caught him on the outside and fucking threw him somewhere. You know what I mean? But... Again, it's, I mean, to each their own. The dude is is very, very impressive in the ring. Um, he's a tiny little motherfucker. looks like a middle school kid. But very, very impressive. And, and again, I think, you know, it's um, the perspective that you're looking at him in up against a big guy like that. To me, I think it looks not believable and um, kind of shitty. Um, you put that guy against the Amazing Red and motherfuckers are going to be chanting five-star match, five-star match after the thing. You know, because I think the... The athleticism is going to trump whatever the fuck, you know, he lacks in size. And if, he, again, you put him up against, like, another cruiserweight-type dude, it's not going to be that that crazy. You know what I mean? Like, these dudes are going to be fucking moving 
and you're not going to, like, focus so much on how small he is, but when you put him up against big fucking guys, then then that mismatch really shines and, and makes him, him look like he shouldn't be there. Um, I don't agree that he shouldn't be there or he shouldn't exist or anything like that, but again, I, I'm not a fan of this type of match, this uh, Kyle the Beast versus tiny little guy. Um, I think... Like, if you bring Tiny Little Guy into the mix, the one one guy who I think really did it well back um, in CCW, fuck, man, I don't even remember what year, but it was during the uh, the IWA, IWS um, crossover stuff, if you remember. Um, Arsenal. This was a tiny little fucking dude, had no sort of build to him, but he did just, like, sadistic type shit. Like, the spots and the moves he did was, like, well, fuck, this dude is just out of his goddamn mind, and that's why, um, you know, the the playing field is a little bit more level. Like, he hit fucking uh, Sexy Eddie with the fucking, he, you know, he was the other participant in the um, infamous blood-squirting Spider-Man shit match. Um, he, he hit Sexy Eddie with the trash can in a way I've never fucking seen before. Like, I've never seen a guy hit a guy with the bottom of the fucking trash can. Like, he fucking... He grabbed it by the top, the top lip and the bottom rim and swung it at him like he was trying to like fucking, you know, like throw water out onto the curb with it and shit. Like he just like fucking swung it sideways like a guillotine type shit and just like bong, like just fucking bashed the back of the garbage can in on Eddie's head. You know, the, the garbage can spots have been done a million times and it's always fucking the fucking, the middle of the garbage can where it gives the most and this and that. Like, he used the bottom of that shit, like, the shit that bums drum on. He used that shit and fucking just, like, caved Eddie's fucking head in with it. It it was fucking crazy. It was, like, simple shit like that made it, like, I don't give a fuck how small this guy is. This guy's out of his fucking mind, and he's he's clearly out to hurt somebody. You know what I mean? And, like, that's that's the aura. That's, That's the vibe I've always wanted to get out of wrestling was... This fucking guy wants to hurt that fucking guy. Now, I don't go as far, like, I know um, Shaheen and Jeremy, they really, really hate comedy wrestling. I don't necessarily hate comedy wrestling. Um, I know, I'm all over the place on this one. This is what happens when I take a bunch of time off. When I come back, I, just, I have so much shit to talk about. Uh, I have no one to remind me where I started. But anyway, um, let me talk about comedy wrestling for a second. Um, the problem with comedy wrestling to me is... Just like they would say in um, in acting, in, in Hollywood, and, and that type of thing. Anyone could be an action star. Anyone could do a dramatic movie. But not everybody's funny. And you can't teach funny. A lot of these wrestlers out there think they can do some kind of little bullshit in their mind comedy spot. But the fact of the matter is, is they're not funny. There's some people who have that sense of humor and that just that ability to be funny and, and make everyone laugh. Not just the people who decided I, I came here to laugh at anything that's mildly funny. Like, like any kind of bullshit attempted a joke. I plan on laughing at it, it this evening. Like if you're a dude that like can actually watch fucking comedy, laugh at shit that's funny and, and some shit, some jokes might not fucking land or, or have even good taste in comedians. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the problem to me is a lot of comedy wrestling is hacky bullshit is the same overdone, same spots, same fucking gimmick, same, same attempt at the same kind of joke, a, you know, a different spin on the same fucking joke. 
And, and a lot of times that's where it completely falls flat to me. Uh, one of the guys who I think does fucking fantastic comedy wrestling is Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor, I think, you know, with that fucking grenade bit and this and that. Like, the dude, like, he just has that that it as far as comedy wrestling goes. The guy can absolutely go in the ring. And he's just a dude that he gets it as far as the uh, the comedy goes. He, he He's a funny guy by nature. He's one of those guys. Um, I'm not going to go down a list listing a bunch of people, but that's that's what I mean. As far as the comedy wrestling goes. So I have I have room for comedy wrestling on a card. Because yeah, look. I want violent brutal fucking wrestling. Whether it's the hard hitting fucking. Um, strong style wrestling. Um, you know stiff fucking. Crazy shit. You know fucking Masawa Kawada. Fucking brutality. I love that shit. Um, I love deathmatch wrestling. You know, um, but, you know, I also love high-flying fucking lucha um, spot wrestling. I love just fucking athletic um, displays. You know, some people think, oh, that's too fake. It's too choreographed. Everything's fucking good. An Irish whip is not a a legitimate move. Like, you you can't grab someone by their arm and throw them off something, have them bounce back to you. Like, that's get the fuck out of here. So, my thing is, like, you know, if we're going to be, you know ridiculous about what makes sense and what doesn't well then like just stop wrestling altogether because none of it makes sense realistically um irish whip happens in like every single wrestling match so as long as we're going with uh legitimacy that's one of those things that will never ever make sense so we're kind of going along with it anyway so you know for the sake of that you got to kind of um you know, loosen up on, on how realistic you need absolutely everything. But in the same token, you know, I understand everyone's going to have their favorite styles and their favorite, you know, things that they like and don't like. So anyone who just has no room for comedy wrestling, that's completely fine. But that's, that's my take on comedy wrestling is not everybody's fucking funny. Just because you're going to come out there and do some fucking gay spots, you expect everyone to laugh or be homophobic. Well, that that's not necessarily the case. Maybe I don't think you're funny. You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's that. Back to the GCW thing. Um, again, the Marco stunt. I, I already touched on that. Um, GCW New York. Um, and let me just touch on GCW overall and and what they're doing right now. Um, I was absolutely wrong on them being um, limited time only wrestling. I, I expected them to crash and burn based off of their their risk taking and um they seem to have no they didn't have like a broad spectrum of what they were doing initially they were just doing deathmatch upon deathmatch upon deathmatch which some shows they do still um they're a little few and far between now you know because they really don't have that game changer venue and maybe that was the best thing that happened to them is to get knocked out of there because they they really handcuffed themselves into doing five, six death matches every single show. And now, you know, it has to be somewhat of an understanding through the crowd, like, hey, they can't do that shit here. So now they go to New York, they can't do death matches here. They pack the fucking building. They go to, you know, Florida, they pack the fucking building. They go to New Orleans, they pack the fucking building. They go to Chicago, they pack the fucking building. So so now you're seeing, like, the, this company has a legitimate um, long-staying buzz about it where they are, they are jumping around to different markets, and they are fucking packing the building. They're doing shit right. 
um, they have filled the void of that CCW decided to abandon. CCW abandoned that outlaw vibe, and GCW picked it up. They're giving fans what they want. Yes, they still take risks. They still do things that can get them banned from here or there, but they have proved that they can pick up and they can go somewhere else and succeed. So I give them a lot of credit for that. Again, like the, the owners, I, I really couldn't wish any good on, on them in life. Like I, I always said that, you know, I, I hope the next show they run is a memorial show for the fucking owners because I, I, I really have nothing good to say about um, Demano or Brett Lauderdale. I think they're both complete scumbags. But as far as what the fans are getting, the fans are getting what they want. The fans wanted fucking high-impact shit. They wanted um, a company that, that puts at least the image out that they don't give a fuck. That they'll do anything they can to, put, you know, to pop the fans to do what they want to see. The craziest death matches, the craziest high flying. You know, um, we'll talk a little about the all in thing because uh, Shaheen had posted, he wants me to talk about that. And I don't have a shitload to say about it. But I'll tell you right now that, like, when GCW books Jody Fleisch versus Teddy Hart versus Jack Evans in a three way, that's a bigger match than anything I see on that fucking uh, all in card. I would be more excited as an old school fucking CZW fan. As an old school, you know, fucking mid-2000s, early-2000s wrestling fan, indie wrestling fan, seeing those three fucking names on the card. Because it's something that CZW should have done a long fucking time ago with the amount of over that those fucking guys are. For for that not to be done is is bizarre. It's bizarre. It's clearly what the fans want. Clearly what the fans wanted was a lot of the things that GCW is doing right now. So I, I got to give them credit for doing what the fucking fans want. The fans are in for a good fucking show. I don't think they, they've put on a bad show in a long fucking time. I haven't read anything that I that I looked at and said, hey, uh, that was probably disappointing. I, I mean, their crowds have just gotten bigger and bigger. At one point, they were, you know, drawing 60 or 80 fucking fans. And you could visibly hear fucking Demano and... um. Uh, Ricky O was still there early on and like t- explaining to the fucking people in the building, like, dude, I thought there was going to be more people. Like, I don't know what happened. Like they, they were fucking, they didn't know what to fucking do with themselves. They were taking huge beatings. Um, you know, and, and based on the huge beatings they were taking and the fact that they were doing shit in Jersey, that as far as us as fans knew, you weren't allowed to do in Jersey and they just fucking did it anyway. Like cr- clouds of fucking light tube dust indoors. Like, insane like very fucking risky not fucking healthy for anybody in the crowd and they just fucking just did it and just said fuck it again i don't i don't necessarily think those were all the right decisions to make but it it definitely led me to feel that like yeah th- this is gonna be over soon you know because they're they're really skating on thin ice i mean and again i mean when they do the shows in the compound and they get they're allowing fans to fucking burn and fucking drink hard alcohol and, and all sorts of shit indoors. Like, yeah, you're you're still treading on real fucking thin ice, you know, to, to get yourself in some shit. Because it really only takes one bad accident, and then you're all over the fucking paper and news and stuff like that. So, um, I'm not saying they're out of the water with, uh, you know, out of the deep water with, um, you know, getting themselves fucking shut down. But in the same token, again... They are picking up. They're going to venues where they know they can't fucking do death matches. They can't do big, crazy shit. And they're fucking blowing it out of the water. They're they're going out there and they're packing fucking buildings. 
the way that CZW, a company with all this fucking reputation, all of these years behind them, DJ Hyde knows better. DJ Hyde knows he, he, he's got it all figured out. He'll talk down to you. He'll fucking talk in a condescending way to you if you interview him. Like, he just knows what he's doing. And sometimes, as fans, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes and you don't understand the things that we do in order to go in the right direction for the company. And, like, that kind of bullshit where it's just like, dude, I'm a grown-ass man and I'm telling you, like, I want this shit as a fan. You're not able to deliver it. These other motherfuckers show up and, like, snap their fingers and are doing exactly what the fans want. So whatever it is that you dropped the fucking ball on and they picked it up, I mean, you you have to find a way to write that. When you got guys like fucking Matt Tremont walking out your doors. When you, you know, you got uh, people left and right walking out the fucking doors. Janela's gone. Tremont's gone. Gage won't work for you. Yeah, I mean, like all these people, and, and the list goes on and on and on. It's just bridge after bridge after bridge has just been burned. And now it's just, it's like fucking complete shit. They're, they're, I have no interest in what CZW does. It's it's, it's trash. Um, so, yeah, credit to GCW for doing what they do. Um, I will talk about Sabu and Nick Gage and all that. Um, so I'll get back to that. Uh, down with the sickness. Again, I don't know much about it. I, I know, you know, they've had, like, this on and off Beaver Boy thing where, like, they split up. And at one point, one was, like, working for Joe Gacy I don't know. If I I want to say that that whole group is disbanded. Maybe it's not. I, again, I don't watch it, but I haven't seen much talk about it. I've seen like the office is like a big gimmick. Um, and then like they're fighting the shook crew and to the best of my knowledge, again, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think they're both heel groups. Like at TOD, the shook crew came out to be like annoying dickheads in the beginning of the show and DJ, attempting to be a face at the time, kind of, like, fucked him up and told him, like, you get the fuck out of here and this and that. And then put the other kid over, the Mitch kid. And, uh, so at the time, like, that was just, just a minute ago. And to the best of, of what I've heard, like, the Shook crew hasn't, like, gotten over and isn't, like, suddenly a big face team. And the office is the fucking evil fucking, uh, you know, authority gimmick. The overdone evil authority gimmick. So, what the fuck? You have two fucking heel groups fucking squaring off? Like, what the fuck? Your big, uh, your big face group is being comprised of, like, Jimmy Lloyd and shit. So, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in CZW, but nothing about it looks fucking promising. Um, Johnny Silver is fucking awesome and he's gonna go in there with his fucking former partner and i'm sure they're gonna kill it in a ladder match but this is like your big build is like okay silver and fucking reynolds but like they broke up i don't know how fucking long ago in czw they had a little bit of like a back and forth the ones with gacy and ones with this and this but like it's kind of just like who's gonna have a good ladder match here's these guys like maybe they cost each other a match recently or some bullshit but like it used to be such a bigger fucking thing when it came down to the, the ladder match at the um, yeah, Chris Cash show. So there's that. Uh, you got the blackout and you got um, the rep. That'll be all right. I mean, it. you know, we'll see what the actual chemistry is like in that match. Because honestly, like, it's been a long fucking time since the blackout 
ruckus and G's have really even worked together. Um, any kind of blackout assemblance has been Robbie and ruckus. And that shit is like complete B show fucking shindy bullshit. As far as I'm concerned, you know, and, and look, man, ruckus is my dude. I, you know, I, I've been a big, big fan of ruckus and, and a friend of ruckus for a long time. And, and Robbie's been a good dude. Robbie's been a good dude over time. Um, in my personal opinion, Um, and I listened to Robbie's, um, he did an interview on the, what the fuck is that? Corey Castle show. I don't know. Um, Rassle Rock, that's it. Um, and he did an interview on there and he's got his kid on there and shit like this. And, and Robbie's has become a dude that, I don't, it's part delusion in my opinion, but he's a dude, he's not a wrestler. He's not a wrestler. He's never been a wrestler. Um, he can play wrestler, you, you know, he's in fucking crazy shape, but in the same token, like this dude is not a good wrestler. Um, he could work on indie shows, you know, shindy shows, and they're going to book him up top because he's in great fucking shape. He can work the fucking promos and he's attached to fucking ruckus. Who's, who's a fucking indie veteran and a fucking, and, and realistically Robbie's a veteran as far as the indies go, but just because he's been around it. He he was a manager. I mean that that's Robbie's Robbie's success. Robbie's reason for and man, see I'm gonna go so many directions. It's gonna be like an eight hour show. The CCW Hall of Fame. We'll get back to that. Um, it, it's just like Robbie's. That's Robbie's claim to fame is CCW Hall of Fame. He was in there because he's a manager. That, that's what he is. So. Again, we'll see how Ruckus and G's gel back together. It, it's kind of interesting. I mean, they could really put together some wild shit because G's used to be the, the, the smaller dude, you know, the smaller, um, I, I guess you'd say weaker of the dudes. You know, Ruckus was bigger and everything, and he always was, uh, you know, definitely had a little more power than what G's was doing because he was the, the smaller high flyer. And um, now G's, G's is fucking... He could throw down the fucking power moves. He's definitely stronger than Ruckus at this point. So, I mean, they could really put together a whole nother repertoire of fucking double team moves and shit. Um, let's just real quick touch on this Hall of Fame thing. Um, you know, Robbie had posted, the, uh, you know, reposted and shared and posted and posted and posted and talked about on the uh, the Rassle Rock, I believe, the, the CCW Hall of Fame. Um, as far as I'm concerned, CCW Hall of Fame is a complete fucking joke. There's two people that belong in the CCW Hall of Fame, and without those two people, CCW Hall of Fame is, is trash. No one should be celebrating their induction. Um, motherfuckers like Robbie, who spent a good portion of the year mourning Trent's death and, and bringing up how sad he is about it, and I'm not doubting that he's sad about it. I have no problem with him being sad about it. He was closer than Trent to Trent than the majority of people you will ever meet. I, I don't doubt a single bit of that. I would take nothing away from his friendship with Trent Acid, Mike Verdi, you know, because he realistically knew the dude as a real dude, not just, you know, we knew Trent Acid for the most part. Um, But to allow someone to induct you in a Hall of Fame that doesn't include Trent Acid, a company that was built off of Trent Acid. I mean, realistically, the wrestling side of CZW was built off of Trent Acid. Best of the best tournament was built around Trent Acid. Long before there was a DJ high, despite the fact that he wants to talk about how he brought wrestling into CZW. Eat a dick, DJ. 
Trent fucking Acid was the heart and fucking soul of the wrestling that went on. When they tried to reinvent the Iron Man title, they centered it around Trent Acid. And Trent Acid squaring off with your Chris Heroes and your, you know, and doing that type of thing. The tag team division, the backseat boys were the fucking, the key to that shit. And yeah, you had the Hate Club, you had the Briscoes, you had VD, you had, you know, so many other tag teams, the SAT, that, that came along. But the backseat boys were another heart and soul fucking team in, in CZW. Um, you know, so without Trent Acid in the CZW Hall of Fame, you should be ashamed of yourself to even celebrate the CZW Hall of Fame as an accomplishment if you hold Trent Acid, Mike Verdi, anywhere near and dear to your heart. Because it should be blown the fuck up, leveled, every motherfucker taken out of that fucking... Uh, out of that Hall of Fame and start over with Trent Acid. I mean, sure, you, you got people like Lobo, like Wife Beater, like Nick Gage. Those people 100% belong in that, that fucking that um Hall of Fame. But when we're talking about Robbie Marino, Larry Legend, I mean, you got to be out of your fucking mind. They created a fan wing. All respected to Whack Packer Hogan, but they created a fan wing before they put Trent fucking Acid in. Let, let's let's bring up another fucking name that belongs in there, and I'm just going to stop fucking talking about it immediately after I say this. Not in the CZW Hall of Fame. John fucking Zandig. DJ's in, though. All right. Um, all right. Um, where the fuck was I? Uh, so, yeah, fuck, fuck down with the sickness. Fuck, um... um CZW as a whole, honestly, because uh, it's trash. The crowd is continuing to dwindle, and and they deserve it. They've earned this 100%. 100% they've earned the the crowds they're getting. They've earned the heat that they've gotten. They've earned every single bit of their fucking failure right now. And and I'm glad. And and I can't wait till those fucking doors close because it's a shell of its former self. And and that's based off of DJ Hyde's fucking arrogance, refusal to fucking go with what the fans want, and, and just saying, like, yeah, I know better. And the, the fact of the matter is, is they didn't have a lot of options for a long time. CCW was the place where they were going to get, if they were going to get a death match, they were going to get it there, or they were going to get it nowhere. They, were, they could drive down the fucking IWA 14 fucking hours away, or they can go fuck themselves. Or they could deal with what the fuck CCW was going to put on. And if CZW decided every three months they're going to pretend like hardcore matters. And again, I, I'm not a fan of five death matches in a show. I think it's overkill. And I don't think even death matches is the identity that I'm talking about as far as CZW. But that outlaw persona, that don't fuck with us persona, not where DJ goes, it's a buffet, it's for everyone. Everyone wants to, you know, see some comedy and this and that. Old school CZW had fucking comedy. Well, you know, I really, I brought wrestling into CZW. The bullshit you didn't bring. Fucking best of the best was there before you. They they reinvented the uh, the Iron Man title, which I, I always fucking hated that they did that. But they reinvented the Iron Man title into more of a wrestling-based title before DJ. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of these things they did before DJ. So despite the fact that he bought a company that had an identity, that had a following, that had a rabid fucking fan base and decided now he knows better and he's going to change it, to become more appealing to other crowds. Well, guess what? Those other crowds already had fucking 
companies they followed. They already had your Ring of Honors. They already had your Dragon Gates or your Evolves, your PWGs. They already had all these things. Like your AAWs, your Beyonds. They're doing it better than you. You're trying to do what they're doing, but you're, you, can't, you can't bring that amount of talent in. And month after month after month, you see these people pop up on fucking the, the DJ Hyde fucking extravaganza cards. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing those guys in such and such before. And sure, DJ, you know, uh, CCW has always brought in some of, you know, hot indie talents in the past, you know, as far back as you can go. But they had a core fucking crew. They had a core crew that you can identify as a CCW fucking crew. You don't have that now. Who's your fucking CCW crew? I mean, Jimmy Lloyd? Again, he fucking killed it at TOD. He's not a top guy. He deserved to win Tournament of Death. But don't put him on your fucking main events. Don't have him be the leader of a face group. Be, have him be in your face group by all means. Dude, super over. Don't have him try to carry a fucking angle. Don't have him do, you know, a, a fucking attack... Yeah, attack at another show gimmick with DJ fucking Green Forever Hyde. You know what I mean? Don't do not do that shit. It's going to look like trash. Don't give him mic time. Don't do any one of these things. You know, it's just, it's fucking bananas. The, the way CCW's gone, it's just complete trash. And, um, yeah, I just, I hope it goes away soon. I, re- I really do. Because it's it's uh, to the point now where it's disrespectful. It's been disrespectful to, to the fans' intelligence for a long time. And finally, they just got a fucking... They got an alternative. They got an alternative that's giving them exactly what they want locally. And they walked the fuck away. From a Decchio and uh, the Cookie Guy. And maybe the Cookie Guy still shows up. I don't fucking know. But so many people, so many fucking people skipped even Tournament of Death. That's a bad fucking, that's bad. And you can have people flying in from all over to fill some of those seats and shit. And you can still have what's considered a good success as far as your Tournament of Death draw. But month in and month out, you're not calling that a success. Not not for a fucking second. Um, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee to NXT. Awesome. I mean, that, that's great. Two great fucking talents. Um, I don't found a way around that uh, that weed thing, huh? Because uh, I know that was like his hang up for a while. Like, if I can't smoke weed, I'm not going. And uh, I don't know. I mean, our RVD existed in WWE. Let's not pretend like he stopped smoking weed for a day in his life. So there's got to be a way around it, you know? Um, so anyway, there's that. Good for them. Um, Takashi getting shot. On the video shoot with 50. I didn't know what happened. I wish he died. Um, I can't stand that little rainbow bitch. Um, he's just... He's he's not my type of thing, man. That's not my that's not my generation. That's not my rap music, man. Um, the type of shit that I'm into... That shit doesn't fly. That's just not okay. So, um, I don't fuck with that dude. I don't like anything he does. Someone's gonna shoot him, and I'm just hoping it's soon, you know? I mean, kids are getting fucking shot out there on the streets. Nobody seemed to fucking control that. They can't make one land in this rainbow fucking homo. It's fucking crazy. I I can't stand it. I can't stand talentless people getting fucking rich in a genre of something that I I love. You know what I mean? And this is just 
this is just what this generation is, man. This is just uh, a bunch of just just fraudulent, just garbage, and then and a bunch of people justifying why why it's okay and why it's pretty good or why this is hot or this is a banger or if you listen to it in the club and you know and a chick's blowing you while you're listening to it then it's the best thing ever but like you know maybe not maybe not when you just hear it in your headphones but like you know someone's like physically handing you money when the song comes on and like yeah it's dope like get the fuck out of here man i i can't stand this shit um USA Pro, a mass maniac coming back to New York in two weeks. I, I really didn't know much about this until just recently. I think, uh, who the fuck? Lowlife Louis fighting somebody. Tremont, maybe? Something like that. Um, I don't know. Mass maniac's a racist. Um, he's always been a piece of shit, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's, he's done a bunch of big fucking indie matches back, you know, um, when they first happened, you know, some of those low-key homicide matches and shit like that. Half of the shit, it was on the old uh, best of RF video shits. Uh, the best of the Amazing Red, the best of Low-Key, the best of Homicide. There were matches that came off USA Pro Match uh, shows, you know, Loki Xavier, shit like this. Um, he was putting on badass shit. He was also using a shitload of ticket sellers. Um, his shows were pretty much paid for by people who didn't belong in the fucking ring. And, uh, you know, he would have fucking six hour shows because all those guys had to get their fucking their minute to shine. So that way the show was paid for by their ticket sales. He put big names up top. And, you know, I mean, a lot of what gave that company any kind of credit was those matches that were on the best of this, the best of that. So if anyone gave the company credit for for what it was or for what it was worth. To me, I feel like that that's what it was. It was those matches. And when you reflect on it and you you listen to him reflect on it, he, he really doesn't respect that shit. He considers them still be fucking talent. He he talks shit about Loki like he's fucking absolute trash. You know, and, and it's it's crazy. You know, that that's to me is just bizarre that um people could have such disrespect for some people that absolutely put him on the fucking map with indie fans. You don't understand. Just because you pack a fucking building with ticket sellers or you get some local fucking crowd in for the big names, the Rex, WWF, WWE, ECW, WCW, and you get those big names on there and you get your local little bullshit indie shindy crowd on top of the ticket sellers. But the heart and soul, those fucking actual indie fans, they're going to look at your shit and hold it up and actually praise it and spread the fucking word and follow you. Those are the motherfuckers that really, really matter, in my opinion. May not be the bigger number, but as far as your legacy goes, those are those are the fucking guys. Those are the fans that, that should matter. And Mass Maniac has done a tremendous amount of shitting on, on those fans by disrespecting the people who who he actually who actually made those fans fucking happy, who actually you know, put on matches that those fucking people would talk about. And again, like, most of those wrestlers fucking respect because he paid them. He didn't fuck them over. I mean, he had money to fucking go around because those ticket sellers were fucking selling out fucking shows. And, uh, I mean, he, for a long time, he said he, you know, he would, um, he would just fucking not work. He didn't need a job. 
based off of fucking running wrestling shows. So, I mean, he did it, I guess you'd say the right way, because he, he made a shitload of money off of it. But it was, you know, just, I don't know. I, I just, you listen to that dude, I mean, you're talking about not a question in my mind, a motherfucking huge Trump supporter over there. Dude, that's all about the type of shit that he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, just just on some some wild racist shit. Um, I I haven't been a fan of that dude for a long time. I actually miss him doing the fucking podcast thing because it it my hate of him has really died down. I would listen to that shit to just like hate listen because the the type of wild fucking racist off the wall shit he would say is just crazy. He always looked like a fucking jacked up version of the fucking uh, Despicable Me guy. Uh, I forget what the fuck that guy's name is, but uh, that—that's what he looks like, and he's like weird shaped. Like he's—he's—he's he's, he's big, but he's like weird big. I don't know. He's fucking strange looking. He's got a bird, bird face. But um, yeah, and um, there's that. Uh, the All In Show. It's a must since it's the biggest thing in wrestling and it's this weekend. Well, I, I just don't give a fuck about this. And this is, you know, this is part of me just not being a fucking wrestling fan anymore. Really, um, I I read through this card and I, I'm not like, yo, realistically speaking, all this shit, all this shit winds up on online for free at some point or another, you know, obviously it's not supposed to be, but you know, it is, it, it's all winds up online and, and given the opportunity to watch this shit for free, I don't, I don't foresee me watching a single one of these matches. Um, the card is like this. Uh, the undercard is the Briscoes versus SCU. Um, I, I don't know who the fuck SCU is. I, it might just be out of the loop. Uh, maybe it stands for something that I should know, and if someone will say it, and be like, oh, okay, yeah. But offhand, I don't know who the fuck that is. Um, the over-budget Battle Royal, Brian Cutler, don't know who that is. Colt Cabana, mm. uh, Marco Stunt, getting a little flippy kid. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, Billy Gunn, Brian Cage, Rocky Romero, Jordan Grace, Ethan Page, Moose, and more. That's a lot of fucking talent in there. Uh... Main card, Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix, and Bandito. I mean, that that sounds awesome. That match right there sounds awesome. Like, they're going to do some wild fucking shit. Um, yeah, the, the spots in that match should be off the fucking chain. That should be some fast-moving shit right there. Okay, uh, Hangman Page versus Joey Janela. I don't know shit about Hangman Page, and definitely don't give a fuck about that match. Uh, Marty Skrull versus Okada. I, again, I, I don't give a fuck. Um, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Don't don't even know who the fuck Stephen Amell is. Britt Baker's Tessa Blanchard, Anthony Ra- Ashley Rain, and Chelsea Green. I know fucking Tessa Blanchard. I don't know any one of them chicks. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. I don't know if this happened before. I feel like it should have. Maybe it didn't. If not, I guess it'll be a good first time matchup. Um. Kenny Omega is one of the best in the fucking world, without question. Uh, Pentagon's great. I mean, uh, Jay Lethal versus the winner of the Over the Budget Battle Royal for the ROH title. And then uh, Nick Aldis, who's uh, that Magnus dude, who I think is boring as fuck, against uh, Cody Rhodes. 
for the NWA championship. Okay, so that's 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 the whole fucking thing. I, I don't know what part of that is supposed to be the biggest indie wrestling show of all time or the you know the the craziest fucking card ever. I I just by what fucking standard? What what am I supposed to be so fucking hyped about on that? I I don't know. I don't see it personally. Um they packed the fucking building. They sold out uh, an enormous building with astronomical ticket prices. So fucking good on them. That shows and and you know in, in that on that side of things I, I'm very happy to see that, you know, independently wrestlers can organize to put on a show on the level of the WWE, um, you know, attendance wise, the fucking, the money that they're bringing in, all that shit. I mean, it really shows success on an indie level, unlike probably anything that's ever been seen. So on, on that aspect, absolutely you know, one of the, the greatest wrestling of all time, whatever the fuck. And I'm sure, like, every one of these matches are going to be just fucking, like, as good as they can be, you know? Because um, you, you've seen shows in the past where, like, you might see AJ Christopher Daniels on Ring of Honor and they, they fucking rip it down. And then you see AJ Christopher Daniels on um, Jersey All-Pro. And, you know, it's, it's not terrible, but it's not the Ring of Honor match that they just had. Um, and it, that's not really a shot at Jersey All-Pro or anything, but I legitimately have seen that. I, I've seen where it's like, oh, fuck, man, these guys are these guys are on that card or whatever, and it's just, it's not what, the, I don't know if Ring of Honor was just paying them a fucking tremendous amount of money or demanded a, a certain thing out of them, but a lot of times it would be lackluster compared to the match that I saw that they had right up the road in fucking Ring of Honor. So sometimes you see that type of shit. Sometimes you see, you know, guys that'll work harder for different companies or different places. The amount of money on the line and and put up on this one, I guarantee you, every one of these matches are as as good as they can be. So, so good on them for that. But I mean, me personally, I don't give a fuck. But I I'm not a wrestling fan, so um, that's par for the course, really. Uh, so that that's pretty much everything um, Shaheen had put up. He was the only one that submitted topics. Um, all right, let's talk about Nick Gage. Um, Nick Gage is going to die. Um, this, is, this is clearly not a threat. Um, this, is, this is just straight honesty. Nick Gage has an addiction problem. And, um, you know, I saw this shit, yeah, everybody, everybody saw this shit, everybody fucking saw that he robbed a bank in broad fucking daylight, he had such a bad addiction to the shit he was on, that he robbed a bank in broad fucking daylight, you know, that's a motherfucker that is way off, is, is way, way off what the fuck he should be doing, and, and realistically, like, for motherfuckers, in, like, this is the delusion of wrestling fans, this is like the type of people why... Um, why, you know, I, I say many times, like, I, I'm better than you fucking people. I, I don't really care if you like that shit or not. But when it comes down to a bunch of people screaming, like, free Nick Gage, uh, free him after he robbed the bank in broad daylight for drugs, free him? What the fuck? You say free people who were, like, unjustly, un- unjustly incarcerated, you know, um, where they, they were framed 
there there was some shit done that that they didn't fucking do, and, and you know they're being uh, wrongfully uh, accused of. That's when you you get on your fucking free this guy, free this guy. Not just because like yeah he did some old terrible shit, but uh, I just want to see him wrestle, so let him go. Like you're an asshole. So there's that. Um, then he comes out. He's fucking jacked. He's got that fucking prison build and this and that. My, um, when I heard he was coming out and all of this, um, my statements were, I was loud and fucking clear about it. And I wasn't the only one that said it. So I'm not going to say that Nick Gage was specifically talking to me on his shoot interviews or anything like that. I'm not delusional. But he definitely spoke to some of the things that I had said, as well as other people have said. And I said that if Nick Gage comes out and decides not to fucking wrestle in order to make sure he stays in a, in a healthy environment to keep himself sober. And that keeps himself alive. I'm all for it. I'm as big of a Nick Gage as fucking anybody. I got the original fucking shirts. I, I, I was down with this motherfucker since 2001, you know, and then backtracked and watched the shit before that. When I first started fucking, you know, going to CDW, I was getting the fucking tapes from, from before I started going, now I needed to catch up with whatever I didn't see. Huge fucking Gage fan. One of my absolute favorite wrestlers. Period. He's the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the fucking indies as far as I'm concerned. I've said that before and fucking say it time and time again. So, having said that, if he made a change in life and and got himself into an environment that that didn't have the temptation and didn't have the... um the draw towards opiates that, that the wrestling business does. And I'm not blaming the wrestling business, but I'm saying if you have an addiction to opiates and you're now going to be, you're an addict. You're now going to be surrounded with people trying to hand you beers and blunts and you're going to be taking punishment in the ring, which makes you go, I want to take something to dull this fucking pain after I just took a cinder block bump or a fucking this or that. So, and, and, and pain pills are available. That, that's hard to fight that temptation. I'm not saying it can't be done, but you're stacking the deck against your recovery, for sure. Sure, um, when you come out and you have a bunch of uh, you know probation and parole and this and that, the odds might be a little better in your favor. Now, even with that, dude was out maybe one year, violated and went back. Violated and went back, and what did the fans do? Fuck the police. Really? Okay. Again, if it's unjust, if it's something that shouldn't have been penalized, if there's something that he didn't do, I'm with you. When you're talking about a guy who spent four years in fucking prison for robbing a bank in broad daylight on fucking on fucking opiates, to get his fucking drugs. And in one year of release, he violates for fucking substance. You should be worried about that fucking guy. You should be concerned about that guy rather than blaming the fucking police for him not being able to fucking have the willpower to hold himself together. Now, when I said when he first came out, if he stayed away from all that shit and it meant that we don't get to see him wrestle again, it's worth that fucking guy living. I've seen enough entertainment out of this dude 
to know that, look, man, I just want the fucking best for him. I, I want him to come out. I want him to fucking sur- survive and thrive and fucking live a long fucking life. I, I think he's fucking earned that through the amount of entertainment I've gotten out of him. I'm not selfish enough to say, hey, I want him in a ring. I don't give a fuck. Da, da, da. No, I, I, I would love to see this fucking guy make it through this um this situation, this addiction. I, I'd like to see him beat this shit by any means. If that means not wrestling... So be it. He went on to shoot interviews. Fuck everybody who says I shouldn't fucking wrestle. Fucking pussies. I'll die doing this, motherfucker. Da, da, da. All that shit sounds bad as fuck, man. You know? Um, Nick Gage is, is one of the toughest, baddest fucking motherfuckers out there. Willpower-wise? Fucking far weaker. Far, far weaker. And that that showed. That showed when he violated one year out went back in came back out and now this time not quite the muscle tone anymore but now he's gonna lean his gimmick on gang this gang this fuck the cops fuck the cops so oh, you're a cop caller oh fucking uh yeah, i'm a fucking gang cell block this uh, gang 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 next thing you know he comes off parole he was already drinking beers and all of that type of shit. Visibly, you could see him doing that. And I know, man, I'm an addict. I know you can't fucking do one thing and not the other. You can't just decide. Um, I know I was so bad of an addict that I robbed a bank in broad daylight for my vice. But now I'm going to casually drink because I can do that. No, you fucking can't. No, you can't. You absolutely can't. You will be back with your vice. You will absolutely be back with your vice. You can't pick and choose when you're an addict. There's no volume control on that. I'm aware of that because I've done it. You know what I mean? When I cut off, I had to cut off completely every fucking thing. Everything is it. No games. No dabbling. No maybe a little. You can't handle a little. You don't have it in your fucking DNA. Um, and I wasn't doing the shit that he was doing. Which is way, way fucking harder to break, you know? But he was off of it. He, he came off of it for fucking four years. I, I don't know what he was doing in there or whatever, but he came out jacked up like he wasn't strung out. Um, I've currently heard reports of him, him nodding out in locker rooms. And again, this is clearly from wrestlers. This isn't because I'm in the fucking locker room. I'm not at a fucking show in a crowd, let alone in a fucking locker room. But I've heard that. I've heard people who know that seen fucking marks on his fucking arms. And you can debate that. You can do whatever you want. Look at him. He lost a bunch of fucking weight. His, um, his physical presence is way different. His confidence isn't up the way it was. He's still Nick Gage. Again, you're not going to knock this down, this guy down to nothing. He's still going to be Nick Gage. But this is a way, way less aggressive, way, way less strong and, and um, dominant Nick Gage than we've seen in the past. And the weight loss and, um, you know, the, the different things that I've heard about him and the way he's carrying himself and people who have been around him personally have told me, Nick, Nick is not going to make it. He's not going to fucking make it. And when the people around him continue to encourage this behavior. When he, if he fucking dies, 
I don't want to hear you motherfuckers on online talking about I'm shocked. I'm in I'm in shock. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I can't believe it. Believe it, motherfucker, because it's coming. Look at what the fuck's going on. Open your fucking eyes. Look what the fuck's going on. This isn't one big stupid fucking college party. This is real life. This motherfucker's approaching 40 years old, and you look what the fuck is going on in front of you. I'm not saying every fan is fucking responsible for what's going on, but uh, but I'm telling you, a lot of these motherfuckers are encouraging this shit. And his fucking crew right up there, you know who the fuck I'm talking about, have been encouraging that shit since day fucking one. They've been bad fucking influence since day fucking one. Everybody who actually cared about this fucking dude knows that shit. And they would fucking tell you that shit with fucking mics off with no fucking buddy around. They would all tell you the same fucking thing. So you could, you could, oh, this is my boy, this is this, this, and this, and this. You watch what continues to happen. It's a fucking shame. This, you know, we've seen this shit before. With fucking Trent. We've seen fucking Bailey go downhill. He's gone. You know, we've seen this shit before. This isn't new shit. Those are people he was fucking close with. So, again... All the, all the tough guy shit, all the, you know, motherfucker, none of that shit matters. Fight your own fucking battle. Don't worry about fucking anything else but fucking fighting your own fucking battle. You got to have the fucking willpower to beat your fucking demons in yourself. Don't, don't fucking worry about proving yourself to any fucking buddy else. Keep yourself fucking alive by any means necessary. And um, uh, the way it's going right now, I got a bad fucking feeling. I had a bad feeling, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, it's definitely not something I'm rooting for, but shit is looking bad. And the, and the cuffs are off, the fucking, um, the restrictions are off. It, it's on him now. It's completely on him. It's been on him, and since it's been on him, he's fucking, he's spiraled down. So, um, I, I wish him the best, but again, I, I don't. I don't think it's good. Um, let me see. All right, let me yeah, you know, let me take a uh, I, oh yeah yeah. So the Sabu match, um, again, I understand how um, honored he is to wrestle Sabu. I completely understand that. Um, but the Nick Age of old wouldn't have showed that, especially pre-match, post-match. I, you know, there's some leniency for that. Pre-match, you could see somewhat of a a happiness, a giddiness about Nick Gage. And again, I get it. I'm not saying, hey, this is some bullshit at all. But in the same token, the Nick Gage of old wouldn't have broke fucking character. He would have stayed so fucking dominant. Probably got on the fucking mic and said, you know, you might be a fucking legend, but this is my fucking house. You're going to fucking die. You should have been put out a long time ago. Like, again, this is how Sammy Callahan used to be. And Sammy turned into more joke style, fucking this and this, and uh, come out with a cat mask on, or he's got this old fucking porn jacket on, or whatever the fuck. And, and it's just like he, he lost that fucking, that vicious fucking edge where it was he's kissing dudes all the time. That's like his gimmick. And his, his gimmick before was ruthless beyond fucking ruthless. Nick Gage, his one of his fucking catchphrases used to be, fuck Hulk Hogan. Because 
he, in his mind, in his persona, was bigger than the biggest fucking name ever to happen in wrestling. Fucking Hulk Hogan. Fuck that guy. I'm Nick Gage. Yeah, I mean, that that was his fucking persona, and that's the type of shit that had fans going fucking wild because this fucking dude is unstoppable. He doesn't give a fuck about anything else that's ever happened in the history of wrestling. This is Nick fucking Gage. And you saw that fucking guy's name on the card. It didn't matter who was on the other side of it. it you know, you would, you would pop seeing a big name on the other side of it because you'd be like, oh, against fucking Gage? Oh, shit. Now it's like, well, you know, maybe... Maybe he'll just be happy to be there or whatever the case is. But it's like, again, like, I don't blame him for actually feeling that way. But what the crowd got wouldn't be as if he felt that way. You know, again, it's just a little bit of that. What it used to be and 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 this and this, but I, I don't know. Um, matches are right. Nothing special. Uh, not that you expect, you know crazy fucking best match ever out of Sabu at this point after all Sabu's been through and look man he he did pretty well did a little slipping off the ropes this dude's definitely been pretty inconsistent over the years but I've seen really really bad Sabu like miss all his fucking spots type Sabu and um this wasn't that this definitely wasn't that you know um he's I think about the tour of Japan too I saw him post some shit he's he's about the tour of Japan so good for him so um that's that. Let me, uh, all right, let me, let me take a break, come back, talk about, uh, this, uh, JC Rotten thing, and, uh, my chickens. I, I, I'll talk about with that, and then I'll, uh, wrap this up. All right, what the fuck's the track I pulled? There it is. So for all y'all niggas out there that be popping shit, when the music go on, y'all listen to this, all right? Get it on, I keep the water spot get blown I be the fake lunatic with the devil is home From the midst of the darkness, I come with this Hitting straight to the chest like a primacy mist Resurrector, yeah, the fanatical sight I'm like a bat in the night when it's time to take flight Here I am in the flesh, and yes, I love death I'm obsessed by the sounds the track possess Intellectual killer, special majestical Yeah, but the day is 
Okay, so let's talk about this Jay-Z Rotten thing, okay? Um, I told you I would get more into it once I actually heard the clip from myself, because I heard um, kind of conflicting things about um, what had been said. I heard... Um, on one side, I heard this fucking guy got on the mic and yelled, fuck J-Cat. Okay, well, he wasn't on the mic, so there's that. But it was very audible on the um, on the uh, the VOD. Um, so you can hear it, because he said it towards the camera or whatever. I heard from another account that he said, fucking J-Cat. Like, ah, what, what's that fucking guy talking about? This guy's awesome talking about the guy in the ring. That was not the case. It was very clear. <laughs> Talking to this guy in the ring, stopping, pointing at the camera, and going, fuck you, J-Cat. Okay. Now that I've heard that, now that I've seen that firsthand, let, let me get into this. Well, um, you have to go back and listen to what caused all this a um, couple episodes back, which is probably a couple months ago now because I've only done a couple episodes in probably a couple months. Um I think the show was called I Don't Like 2018. Um, and then, like, the, the week after that, I went into it heavier because um, Ian Rotten deleted me after, um, you know, I, I've only done fucking 20 hours of fucking talking to Ian Rotten on this show. I've been, like, the place for Ian to go um, to talk about anything, to defend himself. I've backed him up countless times. Now... I don't know. It's very possible that maybe Ian never really listened to my show, which is, you know, I mean, I really don't expect, I really don't expect anybody to fucking listen to my show. Like I've always kind of been humbled by the fact that, you know, people might think I'm arrogant or whatever, but I've always been humbled by the fact that like fucking like a couple hundred or a thousand people will listen to any given show that I've done because like, what the fuck am I? Like I'm just some jerk off from Jersey with an opinion. So the fact that anyone's really interested in the things that I have to say or my opinions on wrestling or this or that or whatever, 
I'm fucking very humbled by that. So um, it's very possible that him and many other people haven't listened to the fucking show. So the case is, um, I have never been just 100% positive about IWA Mid-South or CZW or about fucking anything, really. I mean, everybody knows that about me. Some people will go the other direction and say, oh, he's miserable, he's, he's miserable. I'm not miserable at all. I'm fucking loving life. And we'll get into some of the shit that I, I, I love quite a bit to close this fucking show when I start talking about my uh, my pen and my chickens and, and what I'm doing there. Um, but, um, so... The whole thing started, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, so I'd really rather you go back and listen to, you know, what I had said 100% and what triggered all of this. But Ian deleted me from Facebook, which I thought was fucking ridiculous, because it was basically me not agreeing with the way that he was booking the King of Kings tournament. It started off with him saying that he was going to have an all... deathmatch superstars, only guys who have won top tournaments, a fucking... Uh, like a king of death match of all king of the death matches, like way bigger than any king of the death match ever. No filler, no bullshit, this and that, which is, hey man, that's a standard that he set. So he's saying that king of the death match has always had its filler. This will not, this will not be, you know, the place where people have the chance to prove themselves, really. That's that's the aura. That was the image that he painted. That was the picture he painted was, this is going to be the all-star game of fucking deathmatch tournaments. A who's who of deathmatches. You better have accomplished some major shit to be in this fucking tournament. This is going to be the fucking place to be for any deathmatch fan out there that thinks they've seen a deathmatch tournament booked the the biggest and best it's ever been booked. You're wrong. Wait till this one fucking shows up. That's what this tournament is going to be. And when Ian Rotten, a guy with the fucking experience and, and, and legacy in deathmatch wrestling and booking deathmatch wrestling, when he says something of that caliber, I take it fucking seriously. And a lot of the things that he did immediately following that didn't fall in line with that at all. First of which would be booking Insane Lane, who is is not is not a top caliber deathmatch wrestler. He, he is not, absolutely not. But again, you know, he said he'd prove me wrong. I'm not gonna go in on Lane again. You know, this is like beating a dead horse. I think this tournament's in November, right around the corner. Clock's ticking. Still obese. So um, we'll see. Um. Um, so then they, they, they tossed around some other names that, that weren't so great either. Um, and some guys who just are inactive and suddenly you're going to be back and that's going to be top talent all of a sudden. So, um, really kind of bizarre. Um, but then it came to this voting thing, fan votes. Okay. We have a couple spots for people who don't fit the criteria of winning a major deathmatch tournament. And those will be fan voted in. So, Naturally, you would you would expect names like Schlack and um, Marcus Crane because those are names that didn't win major deathmatch tournaments. However, are the top deathmatch talent currently in in the business. So a lot of their homegrown, current, up and coming stars names started getting tossed into the mix. Um, 
Angry Dad was one of them, which I only know from The Simpsons. Mine, Lisa, drew the fucking comic. Um, not to be confused with Psycho Dad from Married with Children. Um, but uh, amongst that, also Nick Gage was thrown in there. So, of course, naturally... I started to ask, like, well, why the fuck would Nick Gage, the biggest name in all of Deathmatch Wrestling, including your current King of the Deathmatch winner, as including your current heavyweight champion, why why would he be within the fan voting? And instead of them just saying, hey, guys, we're waiting on booking confirmation out of Nick Gage. He cannot be included in fan voting. He will be in this tournament by, you know, by default, as long as, you know, the booking is okay. Instead, they put him into the running in fan voting. So I questioned it as well as other people saying like, hey, yeah, what the fuck is that all about? But of course, you know, I I led the the charge of of questioning it. So I got messages from Misty and everything and and saying like, uh, he's, you know, He's not even winning the fan voting. I'm like, well, that's because no one thinks he should be fan voted. He's won all the fucking deathmatch tournaments. He just won King of the Death. He's your King of the Deathmatch current champion. He's won Tournament of Death. He's won a GCW tournament. I mean, this guy, you already know. And she's like, no, no, I don't disagree with you, but we're waiting on Nick Gage. We're, you know, we're waiting on him. He said he wouldn't take the booking this far in advance. Like, fine, but you're giving the fans the the image that he needs to be fan voted in and now you're telling me that well he's not winning the voting like what the fuck are you even telling me that for if this is null and void as far as him needing to be in fan voting so they didn't really nip that into bud they just kind of let it fucking ride and then turned around and said what do you think i'm fucking stupid i've been running wrestling shows for 22 years well, you think I didn't think of that? Well, no, you guys allowed the fans to vote on a guy who shouldn't have been a fan vote. So then to double back later and go, what do you think, I'm fucking stupid? That's not, no. I do think it's a very stupid decision to not nip it in the bud and say, hey, guys, I see you putting Nick's name up. Believe me, he's going to be included in this tournament as long as, you know, he takes the booking. He was the first one we contacted. Instead, you put his name in the fan voting as he got fan votes. So that's that's apparently Ian's big problem with me is I insulted his intelligence by questioning that because he's been running shows so long and how dare you and da-da-da-da-da. First off, as far as you running shows for all this time and, and having known better, the fact that the houses are still as shitty and, and me as a wrestling fan and me as an IWA Mid-South fan, and me as an Ian Rotten fan, had to month after month after month going, fuck, man, it sucks that Ian is like, he's taking these fucking beatings. He just drew this shit. He just drew fucking 60 people. He had fucking this guy in the building. He had this guy in the building. Fuck, man, I wish something could happen where this fucking guy could, could pack houses because his fucking booking is tremendous. He's one of the best bookers ever in independent wrestling. You look at the things he's done, he deserves way bigger fucking houses than he's getting. So don't pull this off book shows for 22 fucking years, I know better, when despite the fact that you're one of the best bookers, something is going wrong and you're not drawing fucking houses worth of shit. 
whether that just be the Ian Rotten hate, whether that be this and that. But again, because something was mishandled online and I disagreed with it, the way that you guys were pitching the tournament and the way that it was presented, I disagreed with that. And instead of admitting you're wrong, came at me and anyone else who might have shared my opinion as being disrespectful because you've been doing this so long. But the way that you presented it was wrong and insulting to the fans' intelligence. And honestly, wasn't even that big of a deal. I didn't even like fucking like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. But like, look, it just looked fucking stupid. So then later on, oh, hey, I've been doing this all these years. Well, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So now let's go to J.C. fucking Rotten. Now, his problem was different from Ian's problem. As I told you, there were fan voting, and a lot of these names that were in the fan voting was... Your Angry Dads, your uh, Oren Vite, I think his name is. I, I apologize if I got the name wrong. Um, and I simply said, like, look, this isn't, you know, this isn't Prince of the Death Match, and this isn't even King of the Death Match. He already set the standard for this, and this is not the place for someone to just, oh, yeah, the fans like him, let's put him in, you know. What I, I mean, that was the thing that came later. And again, I expected the biggest current names, not like, he made his name last month, so let's put him in this month. This is King of Kings. This is supposed to be, like, the baddest fucking thing in the history of Deathmatch Wrestling. So, like, if he proved himself in maybe King of the Deathmatch this year and stole the fucking show, then maybe he goes into this. But not in just your other shows. He's going to be, you know, uh, he proved it in front of these 60 people, and he proved it in front of those 50 people. So now, like, those 50 votes are going to fucking roll in online. And he gets put into this super tournament that there's supposedly no fucking filler. I, I, I disagreed with that. Now, again, I'd never heard of these names. And as I said then, these guys could wind up being the fucking future of Deathmatch Wrestling. They could wind up being the fucking shit. They could be the top fucking guys in the business. But as from what this tournament is being booked as, from the standard that has been set by the, the bar being raised so high by one of the fucking the the biggest deathmatch wrestling show bookers of all time because king of the deathmatch is a legacy so to say that it's going to be bigger than any king of the deathmatch i don't believe what i would consider to be rookies whether they're rookie of the fucking year or not should be thrown into this tournament i i just don't think so Schlack is a guy who, yeah, he might not be, you know, uh, you know, a veteran, but he's been tearing it up all over the country. His name is well, well known across the country. This guy, hey, man, he's starting to make fucking waves. No problem. I didn't say he's trash. I didn't say any of that shit. J.C. Rotten has a fucking match with him. I watched the match. Look, uh, the dude seems to have talent, seems to be good. He has a match with J.C. Rotten. J.C. Rotten's putting him over at the end of the match. You belong in the tournament, da-da-da-da-da. And you can hear when he stops talking to him and he goes, fuck you, J-Cat. You can hear that clearer than everything else he fucking said to the guy. So maybe he should have grabbed the fucking mic. 
if he was if he wanted to put him over to the world. Instead, he put him over to his face, and and then the most the hard cam could fucking pick up for the most part is fuck J Cat. So um, again, obviously, I have to address this because um, fuck me. But again, I was the fucking guy on the East Coast that wanted to fucking interview Ian and give him an honest interview after that little scumbag Jerry Wiseman out your fucking way, out out your direction. That fucking guy ambushed fucking Ian and fucking buried him and buried him and buried him and buried him. And people are still talking about that show to this fucking day. I had Ian on for four fucking hours and, and, and chopped it up with him and allowed him to defend every fucking thing that anyone was talking about. And to go over matches and fucking years and this and this. And, and we developed this relationship where we were able to really talk about things. And I respect Ian. I still do. The fact that the matter is, I don't expect any one of these people to fucking like me again because I like I'm I'm not looking to fucking gain anyone's approval. If what I've done over the years means fucking nothing, and one difference in opinion is enough for you to just be like fuck that guy on the fucking mic, number one. I mean, fuck this dickhead kid because like he he has nothing to do with as far as like the the, the relationship that I had with Ian over the fucking years uh, on this show, talking to him on a regular fucking basis. And if it's that fucking easy to just you know, fuck that guy, delete him off Facebook, fuck him done with that guy. If if it's that fucking easy, then fuck him. I I don't. I'm not here to fucking impress people. If what I've done and and the years of fucking respect that we've had for each other mean that fucking little that one disagreement has you fucking cut ties, then I didn't mean shit to you to begin with, and that's fine. That that's completely fine. Again. My 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 love for wrestling is is not is is pretty fucking shallow these days. So I I'm not like really heartbroken by people just deciding they don't fuck with me no more. You know what I mean, I always tell the fucking truth as I see it. I I tell you my blunt fucking honest opinion on things. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Again, I'm just one jerk off from Jersey. That's all I am. Yeah, you know I mean, I I have pride in a lot of things that I do in life. As far as my opinion on wrestling goes, it's just my opinion on wrestling. It just is like. It doesn't run deep to my fucking core, and I have passion, and this is like, I'll fucking die. Like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Um, so it is what it is. Um, but be that as it may, look, man, I fucking, I, I had fucking Ian on the show countless fucking times. Not doing him a favor whatsoever, because I respected him, because I put the fucking company over, and I gave the company the respect it, it deserves. That company deserves more than 60 fucking people in the fucking crowd. And I, me interviewing Ian Rotten, got fucking, it it accomplished two things. Uh, As far as uh, Jeremy Nickerson, it made him a fan of mine because he listened to the show. He knew Ian from fucking IWA or he, he knew some IWA, but he knew Ian Rotten from ECW. So the once he got to listening to all these hours that I put in with Ian, he went, oh, fuck, man. Ian's a way better dude than people give him fucking credit for. I, I actually like this dude that I really didn't have a great feeling about before based on all the things that I've heard about him. He didn't have any deep-rooted hatred or, or dislike for Ian whatsoever, but he didn't have any good. He didn't hear any good because how many people really talk good about Ian Rotten? But I was a guy... Who, who continued to, despite many, many fucking people telling me otherwise. And um, it is what it is. But 
my support over the years, um, again, meant nothing. And I even had, I had JC on the show. Why? Because when I had him on the show, I decided, look, man, like, what a great fucking story to have the son of the legendary Ian Rotten, who's trying to follow in his footsteps to come up through the business and become a guy who's the fucking, the next coming of Ian Rotten. Well, how fucking crazy is that? To have to follow in his footsteps and the bad reputation that Ian has. Now, he's got to make his way in the business that fucking, from a large part, does not like Ian. And, and you know, does he does have his respect. But, man, like, it, it creates a lot of fucking drama. He, I mean, he had trained around fucking Chris Hero. A lot of the talent that has just passed through IWA... I mean, he, he was the kid that was raised around this. I thought that was tremendously interesting. Now, understand, I also had the respect that when I first was supposed to interview him, he had a falling out with his father. They weren't talking at all. And I was lined up to have the interview with him. And I said, I want to put this off. I want to postpone this. Because I had already had such a good working relationship with Ian. And no one asked me anything different. No one asked me to do this or, or handle it this way. But I felt that if I was asking questions about his relationship, you know, growing up in IWA around his father and what did he think about this controversy and what did he think about this situation, I thought it would come off as cheap seeing how he wasn't getting along with his father at the time and they weren't talking. I I would think that it would come off as me trying to get dirt and, and capitalize on a bad situation so I said I want to postpone it for now and I'm sure you can go back in the archives at some point before I had him on where I I talked about going to have him on and then probably said hey we're gonna postpone that for a while and then it it was a while later and uh once his dad had you know him and his dad patched things up and they were back on good terms I said yeah let's do this and we went in and we did it and um I was happy with it and everything. Um, But, again, people take this fucking kindness for weakness, and they think that, you know, they're owed something. They're owed some kind of um, unfaltering fucking positivity. And that's not me, man. Like, when it comes down to a JC, uh, John Calvin, or uh, JC Rotten, he's... He's not Ian Rotten. Let's put it that way. Um, he's he's living a little bigger than what he is. He's been put in some situations. And um, honestly, like, if you had a guy like him who went out there, if he worked as hard as fucking Jimmy Lloyd does. And again, I'm not just putting Jimmy Lloyd over like, yeah, this is the fucking guy. But I can tell you this young motherfucker busts his fucking ass and works at 100 miles an hour and, and like, seems like he doesn't give a fuck if he dies or not. That's not the vibe I get out of fucking, out of uh, J.C. Rotten. That's not the vibe I get out of him at all. Um, I, I just don't understand where this dude thinks he's on such a high level that he could start, you know, being the the, um, the authority on talent. And, and, you know, 
like he could tell this dude, you, you belong in this and this because I've been there. He had another promo where like Ian was about to shut the fucking doors because he's drawn 60 fucking people had a hard time paying the rent, doing weekly shows and, and, you know, getting all the money together and trying to put, put up fucking, you know, bigger weekend shows and this and that. And, and JC gets on the fucking mic. I'll take this place over and I'll make it bigger than it ever was. It, it, I won't let it close. Well, first off, why don't you fucking help your father make it bigger than ever right fucking now with you there? Like, what do you, what do you need it to close for you to take the reins and suddenly make it bigger? You're fucking delusional. Absolutely fucking delusional. But again, like, it means nothing to me for you to fucking say, oh, fuck J-Cap. But after your big fucking match, this match you're so fucking proud of, you're so happy you're your opponent, and... and the only thing on your mind is my fucking name. My name, a guy who's not in attendance, who's fucking 14 hours drive away from where you're at and where you're wrestling. You had to make a fucking point to fuck J-Cat. Hey, man, if that's what works for you, but I feel like, like you're fucking up. I feel like you're failing if that's what you care about. Um, So, fuck him. I mean, I, I, I don't... I like I I can't hold too big of like a like an anger about it because I I really don't give a fuck about this shit. Like I said, I I don't want to just go on like some cold crazy burial because I mean it it all speaks for itself. J C Rotten is not getting booked all over the fucking country in the biggest death matches. Where the fuck is he in G C W? G C W is booking all this crazy death match shit all over the fucking place. I know they had their little issue. You know, with Ian and, and uh, John Wayne Murdoch and this and that. But they seem to have worked it out enough to fucking have those guys work in there and stuff like that. But, like, you, this guy's not booked there. This guy's not sought after. People aren't popping for his fucking name on cards. Why is that? He has a fucking legacy. He has a legacy behind him in Ian Rotten. And uh, on top of that, has been trained by some of the best fucking wrestlers in the world. Ha- has been raised around the best wrestlers in the fucking world. That just sh- shit doesn't show through on his fucking his work. So I don't think he's, his opinion on on anything is is worth shit. Personally, I I think he has the opportunity to be fucking a monumental name in in deathmatch wrestling. Monumental fucking name. It, has he accomplished that? Is he on his way to accomplishing that? I don't think so. There's a reason why J.C. Rotten has not been king of the deathmatch. Number one, if he didn't deserve it, it would look bad for his father to put him over as that. But if he did deserve it, I, I really feel that he would be 100% proud to fucking put his son over if he was the biggest name in deathmatch wrestling. And it risen to that fucking level where no one would even question his ability and fucking crowd would go bananas for him winning the whole fucking thing. The son of Ian Rotten. I think he could get some good fucking momentum behind that. But he doesn't deserve it. He hasn't reached that fucking... He hasn't reached that fucking point. So I don't know. I mean, maybe he will hit a stride at some point in his career. And he'll turn a fucking corner and he'll do something with himself. But... Until then, you could just yell fuck J-Cat at the fucking hard cam. 
If, if that's what that's what his fucking that's what his fucking uh, gimmick is gonna be, then fucking good. I'm sure one of the twelve, twelve to fucking eighty people in the crowd will fucking let me know you said it, and good. I'll give you another fucking shout out. So it is what it is. But like I said, I, I have been a fucking supporter of IWA Mid South for a long fucking time. I've been a, a supporter of Ian Rotten, a defender of Ian Rotten for a long fucking time. And if everything I've said, everything, you know, and again, like, I don't feel like anyone owes me anything, but at least the respect that I gave them, you know, and the fact that I, that I've differed in opinion from you, well, shit, you should have knew that from day one with me. You should know from fucking day one that I differ in opinion from fucking everybody at some point or another. And and I'm very strong in my opinions. I feel very strongly about what I believe. And what I feel about this or that, my likes and my dislikes are, aren't very fucking wavering. I'm not very flexible on whether I like or dislike something. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to be on the same page as me, but you're going to know what the fuck I'm about as opposed to what you're about. I mean, it's just, that's just what you get with me, you know, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So anyway, I don't give a fuck about any of that or uh, most of what I even fuck talked about on the show. Um, what I do give a fuck about. Let me talk about some chickens. Um, so, uh, as I had mentioned, I had people call code enforcement on me. I had a, a duck pen that was built on my fence that was 30 foot by 12 foot. And it was built on my fence. I had it for about seven, eight years. And someone, uh, due to another situation, which, again, I, I did outline this on a past uh, podcast. and go back in the archives. And, uh... So I got a fucking citation. I had to fucking pull it down. So, I mean, I had six pigeons and two ducks and I never got chickens. I always wanted chickens, but I always knew that like, if I got more shit, like I got like chickens and then I already have ducks and then I have pigeons. Pigeons are a lot louder than you think they are. Um, that you know, the more noises that were coming out of my pen, the more likely I was to get caught for a shit and uh, you know, get some kind of violation. So whatever it was, with the violation was like, yeah, like you never got a permit for the pen. Um, the animals, there's no violation for that. There's no issue with that. There's no code or uh, zoning issue with with the animals I had. They don't really care about that at all. The violation is that I didn't get a pen. I didn't get a permit to build the pen or variants. And, um, it can't be built on the fence, period. It has to be at least, uh, six feet off of any fence line. So 30 by 12 foot pen, what the fuck am I going to do? A friend of mine, Bruce, he really helped me out and we fucking moved this entire pen. We, um, repurposed the entire pen as well as buying more um, material to build a 16 by 20 foot pen on the other side of the yard, which meant like unscrewing and cutting and digging up posts and busting concrete off of posts and digging new holes where the posts were like, you know, measuring out where the posts were digging new holes on the other side of the yard and carrying like giant walls of this fucking pen with like five, six people and sticking it in the new holes and then doing that with like a couple walls and then like hoisting the fucking roof up over and, and, and putting it over there. And it, this, this even sounds easier than it was. It was fucking insane. And it took weeks. Um, 
because it was like little by little, like we got all the pieces over and then we had to like put together the rest of what wasn't there because two of the walls were the, the outside fence so that those two walls didn't exist. So we ended up putting a pitch roof on it. Um, I got a 20 by 30 foot tarp stretched over the top of it on top of the fencing. So like the fucking rain is running off of it. Now the thing is fucking beautiful. So now with the variance, I'm all permitted. It is completely legal. Uh, a nice little fucking lights in there and, um, very, very happy in there. Um, I decided I can now get chickens because what I have is legal. What I have is, uh, I have a variance for it and it's, it's, it's mine. It's fine. Obviously I'm not going to get in any roosters because then I'm going to wind up with a, you know, a noise violation, uh, you know, um, so I, I'm not looking for that. Um, so I said, all right, where do I get chickens? I'm looking for chickens. I'm looking. And, uh, you know, asking around. I work at a place where fucking, you know, this type of thing happens all the time. And we just hadn't been getting any chicken calls. So I finally find this place called Jersey Chickens in Jackson. They're a wonderful organization. Um, they raise chickens and they specialize in rare breed chickens. Um, they they name these chickens. They act like they're their family until they leave there. They were having a sale. Normally, these chickens are like 80 bucks a piece. Um, so, they were having a sale. There were 60. So, um, I sent Nina down there uh, because I was working. And they're only open from like 10 to 2 on Friday and Saturday. Or some shit like this. And then they, they go pretty much by appointment otherwise. Um, they have massive amount of like different types of chicks and stuff like that. I didn't want to start with that. I wanted just adult, uh, laying hens. So I got a blue birch and Moran. Um, they're like a grayish bluish bird. Um, I got a blue birch and Moran and, um, I got a Jubilee Orphington, which I didn't know like much about this type of thing. If you looked at them up, uh, the Jubilee Orphingtons were actually, um, back in World War II, they were considered uh, a, a sign of British pride. So Hitler ordered these birds killed. Like, these birds were on the fucking Hitler hit list because they considered that, like, oh, these, these fucking chickens are the pride of Britain. Kill those motherfuckers, too. Like, just wild shit. That's just random information I found out while I was looking these birds up. But um, she's beautiful. Um, so that's um, Guacamole is the Blue Birch and Moran. Um, Camilla is the Jubilee Orphington, which um, obviously is uh, Gonzo's girlfriend. Um, she's white in the Muppets, but I was not getting a white chicken. I I, I had toyed with getting a white chicken. There was uh, nine of them that were they were trying to rehome a couple towns over. And by the time I called them, they already sold them. So I kind of scratched, uh, chicken scratched. Uh, <laughs> I've been listening to way too much fucking chick, chip, chip, chipperson, um, corny fucking jokes. Um, so I, I scratched the, uh, the white chicken off my list and decided I would just name the Jubilee Orphington, which is a lot of white. She's, she's a lot of white with like brown specks all over them. She's beautiful. She's the uh, the biggest hen that I have, and she's uh, that's Camilla. 
Gonzo's girlfriend in the Muppet Show. Um, so then Nina had sent me pictures saying, I'm torn between this one and this one. And the other one was a well summer and, um, really beautiful bird. And I was like, well, fuck, I, uh, want to go back next week. I want to get another one. Probably be her. I started to think, yeah, it's gotta be her. I really like that one. And then, uh, I was like, fuck it. Just go back in the morning. Cause this was, uh, you know, Friday. So they're still open Saturday morning. And I'm like, just go back in the morning, get this chicken, whatever. So she goes back, get the chicken. She's a well summer and her name is chick chickerson. Um, so now I get a, I get a, cause I had contacted a couple people on Craigslist that were getting rid of chickens and this and that. There was a guy in Bellmead who posted chickens and stuff on, um, Craigslist. Um, and it said that um, he's an egg farmer getting out of the egg business. Has about 60 chickens, 60 plus chickens. So I had sent him a message, which, like on Craigslist, you just kind of like text them and shit. Some have emails, some have just like their phone number, phone deal. So I texted him. You know, what are you, what is your availability and, you know, what's the price? And he said, 20 bucks anytime. So I'm like, all right. He finally hits me back on Saturday. This was like Wednesday when I text him. I finally hits me back on Saturday. Now, Saturday, I'd already got these chickens, right? So I already knew where I was at. And then I said, all right, fuck. So I called him and I said, all right, well, we're looking to come down there tomorrow about midday. It's like, that's fine. Whatever. So we set it up. It's about an hour and a half away. It's in Bellmead, New Jersey, um, which I've never been to before. It's like north, I don't know, northwest maybe, northeast. I don't know. I don't know the, the second direction, but definitely north for me. Um, so we go there, and this is a way different situation than the first one I described with a wonderful organization. Uh, this is a, this is a fucking chicken farmer. He doesn't give a fuck about these chickens. Um, we go in there. Well, I go in there with the guy, and he is like, he's like, yeah, you know, you can't step on anything but the beams, because it's like a wire, like a mesh floor. And uh, yeah, like so he's like, you know, more or less what you want. He's like, uh, the americanos are the ones that are any kind of color. And then the the browns are are twenty bucks, and the the americanos are twenty five. Like all right. So now uh, he said that they're all between. They're mostly five months old, and whatever's left over from last year is one year old, and that's it. So it dawned on me at that point that that's you know because I've done a little bit of research on chickens since I decided to get them. Their highest egg production is in their first year of life. Um, like the brown chickens and those Americanos. I know especially those brown chickens. Um, I think they're ISO browns. I forget the, the letters. Let me let me see if I just want to make sure. Sounds sound completely stupid. But um, they produce 300 plus eggs in their first year of life. Um, uh, yeah, ISO brown. No, ISA brown. I'm sorry. Um, they are very common within um, 
egg layers and um they're like kind of a crossbreed between different rhode island reds and stuff like that but not limited to that and uh they they produce over 300 eggs in their first year um now there's a little drop off after that it's not that they stop laying or anything like that but you got to figure if a guy has 60 chickens and just say that 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 chicken lays 12 less eggs you know per year well that's 12 times 60 that's a lot of less eggs so they part ways with the entire flock after a year like those guys will be there at five months the next year they'll be there in a year after that the entire fucking flock is sold to slaughter um or or whoever whoever will buy it like they they part with the whole fucking thing so 60 plus chickens gotta go you're out of here so um that dawned on me as he said that, and I was like, fuck. Now, like, picking amongst this group of chickens is, like, heartbreaking. Because I, I know I'm, like, pardoning. Like, I'm, I'm fucking saving whatever I, I'm taking out of here. Like, they're, they're going to have a better life than, than any other thing in this fucking this coop. And they're just running frantically in there. This guy's got this long metal, like, pole with a hook on the end of it. And as I point out the one, he's like, oh, that's an Americana, that's 25. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, I want you know, her over there. He fucking whips this hook and fucking grabs him right by the ankle and yanks him up in the air. I'm like, holy shit, like, I've never seen anything like this, you know? And I guess, you know, any chicken farmers out there would be like, yeah, fucking idiot, that's how they do it. But, like, you know, these, these are my pets. Like, these are, you know, these are family to me now. So this isn't, like, how you want to see your fucking pet handled. You know, and uh, fucking yanks her about a fucking ankle. Like, and it, it wasn't like some smooth shit, man. This was like aggressive, violent shit where you were like, did you just break its fucking leg? Like, it didn't, but like, fucking definitely could have. Jesus Christ. So, um, I like, I, I pretty much dive on the bird and like fucking grab her wings and like fucking pull her into my chest and like hug her, like, oh, it's all right. And I fucking, I go out the door and I stick her in a carrier that I had a big like crate carrier stick it in there and then come back in. I'm like, all right, you know, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to want, um, you know, one of the black ones. Oh, it's America 25. I said, all right, good. Because her, I fucking yank, fucking grabs her by the fucking phone. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. So now, um, there's another brown one on top. I had decided on three. I, I initially said two, but I, I knew by the time I got there, like three was coming home with me. I, I had enough cash on me for that. Luckily I didn't have, well, I don't want to say luckily because I, I honestly wish I had more money on me. I probably would have came home with eight chickens that day and just been at 11. But, um, and, uh, so then I said, all right, you know, I, I want one of the brown ones. And I said, well, how about her? You know, she was right up on top of the, the perch up on like, uh, by the laying boxes up there. And this, this thing in there, too, was all enclosed. It was like a shed with, like, 40. At the time, he initially had 60, 60-plus 60 chickens. He had 43 left, he said. Um, so me taking three, that left 40, uh, which is not hard. Not easy to walk away from. Um, so I pointed at her. I said, you yeah, know, how about her or whatever? And uh, he's all right. And he swings with that fucking hook and misses. She jumps down into the flock. She's running around, so she's gone. Um, and he's like, oh, is this the one as he sees one, you know, come running around and I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, a brown's a brown, you know, whatever. Is she all right. And I'm like, yeah, all right. 
Like, I'm already, like, not liking the terminology or any of this shit. So he fucking hooks her, I grab her, fucking carry her out. He grabs the fucking black one that we, you know, he had hooked. And he, he carries it out by the feet in front of my kids and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, so, I, you know, I got the other one hugged to my chest, the brown one. And uh, I put her in the carrier. I, I grabbed the black one from him. I put that in the carrier. And uh, that was it. I gave him his 70 bucks. I, you know, I actually said, you know, do you have change? I gave him 80. He's like, yeah, let me go in the house. She goes in the house, get change. Uh, comes back with my 10, of course, takes like a quick look in the carrier to make sure I didn't stick another one in there. Because, again, this is just business to him. He doesn't give a fuck about anything as long as I'm not swiping another chicken or some shit. And, again, if I had more money, I would have I would have fucking saved more animals from there. Um, so I, I left there feeling really bad. Uh, just, like, really good that these chickens have now just been given, like, the best fucking life out of that entire coop. But to know that there's 40 more fucking chickens in there that I, I can't help and are most likely going to wind up in slaughter. And again, like, if, if anyone out there, like, I, I can't imagine you have more than a couple weeks. But if anyone out there cares for chickens and takes care of them and has, like, the ability to, like, house chickens or anything like that, um, you know, hit me up. And I'll give you the fucking, the guy's number. You could fucking text them, set up some kind of meeting. Like I said, 20 bucks for these brown ones and uh, 25 for these Americanos. Uh, you could look at my Facebook page, my Instagram or everything. I'm, I'm posting videos and pictures of them. I love these fucking birds. They're awesome. And, uh, I, you know, the clock is ticking on these fucking guys there. So if anyone does have the ability to go over there and buy some more and save some more, by all means, please uh, let me know. And, uh, you know, I'll direct you in, in the right direction. Um, so, you know, I, I got them home and, uh, you know, it hit my oldest daughter pretty hard. You know, she's 14 going on 15 and, uh, you know, the twins didn't really get it. None of them went in there with me, but, you know, I gave them the whole breakdown on what, what was going on and stuff. And, you know, she's pretty upset by it. Um, so, and understandably so, but when I got them home and I brought them into the pen and, I took the first one out. Now, the brown, who was just another brown, I named in, in tribute to Whack Packer Hogan, and that's Cluck Hogan. So she's not just another brown. That that chicken will live in tribute to Whack Packer Hogan and his cluck that he'd bring out there. And she's going to be very loved, man. Like, all these other browns are just, oh, you're regular brown, just regular fucking meat bird, 300 eggs a year, fucking, you know, who gives a shit? Like, she's fucking family now. I took her out of that carrier and I put her on in my pen and the second her feet touched the dirt, it was like I just gave this bird the world. She looked around and what I realized when I put her down is she's never felt dirt before. She's five months old. She's never even felt dirt before. She's never felt a breeze. It's all she knew was the inside of that dark coop and she they had no access to outside or anything like that. She's never seen anything like that. This, this bird that's never been handled before, this this bird that's never been touched by a human hand before, the only time they were picked up in there was scooped up with that hook, and they were probably off to slaughter after that if they were, because they were all just released in there at whatever size, and if they were getting pulled out of there, it wasn't for a good thing. It surely wasn't to be pet. So she sat right in front of me and didn't even move and just started making little noises, and I'm petting her and petting her, and she just sat there. And, uh, you know, just started slowly picking around through the dirt. 
which is something the chickens are always doing, and she never had the opportunity. You know, again, she didn't have a long previous life to this, so she has a long life of the right life ahead of her. And the other two did about the same thing. The black one, Willow, and um, the other one I named Destiny, because more or less of the, you know, the what what I did for these birds is more or less their destiny. So we were kind of hung up on a name for her for a while, and then we came up with Destiny, and I said, yeah, let's let's go with that, you know, to kind of put a stamp on on you know what these birds' life is going to be all about. But uh, she's she's a little bit more skittish than the others. Um, so like, you know, when you, you pick her up, she does a little bit more struggling and squawking about, you know, being held. And then she settles in once you pet her for a little bit. But, um, that, that just another Brown, that fucking cluck Hogan, when you pick her up and you fucking hold her, she rests her fucking head on you and just makes little fucking chirping noises and shit. She's like the sweetest fucking thing in the world. It's just absolutely amazing that, um, you know, birds that have never been handled and really only purposed for for business. They, I mean, they, that's all these guys were. They're just fucking business. They're just money. That they, they they had no actual attachment. There was there was no human attachment to them. There was no value in them other than the twenty dollars I handed him. And and that that was all that life was worth. You know, and uh, you know as as, as time goes by, he'll probably take less. He'd probably take less for a large group of them and fucking part with them and, you know, they'll kill him off and, and everything else. Um, it, it's it's difficult, you know, and right now I'm still even like, man, I, I'd love to go back fucking next weekend and take another three, like, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I, I want to just continue to bump my number up. I can't, you know, it, it, it troubles me because... You know, I, I think on two sides of things, you know, and this is the type of mentality you have to deal with within a shelter environment, too. Um, you you can't save them all, but you should try for each one individually. That's that's my theory on on cats in a shelter, for sure. Um, you should you should treat each individual as something that can be saved. And although, um, you know, there's there's chicken farms all over New Jersey and all over the country, obviously, but egg farmers that all handle the shit the same might, might, I'm sure some that are even worse. And although me saving, you know, a couple chickens, it it doesn't even make a dent in the overall population or the overall help as far as um, these chickens' lives. But for those three chickens, their world has changed. Those specific chickens their entire fucking world has changed. Their entire life has turned in another direction. And that, you know, when I think about that, it, it makes me want to go back. It makes me want to go back and get another couple. Again, it's it's so difficult to go in there and know that what you're leaving behind. And um, it's it's very tough to put that in perspective, you know, and to, to kind of stomach that. Um, but yeah... I don't know. I don't know. It's um I I can say though I am extremely happy with what I've done. Um what I brought home again, you know, I I'm just just fucking one guy. I'm not the only guy who's ever rescued a chicken or anything like that, but like paying this guy look, my first three chickens $60 a piece. Uh, my 
second three were $70 total. So you can see night and day as far as the, uh, the cost, but the value in the lives that were saved in those second three, no one's buying a chicken for $60 and eating it. The chicken doesn't cost that fucking much. You know what I mean? Uh, these specialty chickens aren't really, uh, you know, the, the rare breed chickens aren't really built for that type of shit anyway. Like that's not your, uh, delicatessen as far as that. Um, Camilla's big, so I don't know if she would become one of those type of situations, but, um, again, $60 for a chicken would seem kind of fucking absurd to spend when there's others that are 20, you know? And, uh, so, but, um, yeah, it, it definitely, it was definitely, uh, an experience I've never had before. And again, I, I could talk about all this other fucking wrestling, this and that. Like I said, I, I don't really fucking watch it. And um, th- this is what means something to me. This is the type of thing that keeps me fucking motivated to do, you know, the different things I do. And th- these are the things that make me happy in life. You know what I mean? Like all this, oh, Jake got miserable. All oh, he does is shit on things. It's just the fact of the matter is, is I don't give a fuck about the things you give a fuck about. You know, so... When when you take all this shit to heart and you want to blow all these fucking wrestlers and, and you take such offense because I don't like every single thing they do and suddenly I'm just a negative dude, well, it's because that, that type of thing doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? I can tell you the goods and the bads and what I like and what I don't like, but the fact that you're hurt over fucking honesty is not my fucking problem. This is not, this is not what my life is comprised of. Um, again... This this thing that I'm dealing with here, you know, when I come home and I fucking go out there and I hang out with these fucking chickens now and watch the progress they've made in just two days fucking walking up to me like they've known me forever and it's just going to get better and better and their fucking life is awesome. You know what I mean? To me, this is this is what makes a fucking difference to me when I when I work with my cats in my job and. I have the fucking medical department in my job tell me this cat's feral, you know, it's not adoptable and this and that. And I take that cat into my care and I defy the fucking odds and, and, and I prove motherfuckers wrong. And, and I wind up working with that cat, building a fucking relationship with that cat, bonding with that cat to the point where it trusts me. And from there it starts trusting other people. It makes its progress and it gets a home. And when other people called it unadoptable and I'm getting pictures in the fucking email of the, the, this cat being their best friend and thanking me so much for fucking bringing their best friend into their life because this this cat is fucking everything to them. And that's a cat that would be marked for fucking death if it wasn't for me. That's what fucking matters to me. My animals and my kids. That's all. My animals, my kids, and myself. And if you think... That, that I'm negative or I'm arrogant or anything because of all of that and go fuck yourself. Because I really don't care. I really, really don't care about the opinion of a lot of fucking people. Especially when it comes to like the, the wrestling business and shit like that. It's, it's so minuscule to me as opposed to, you know, the things that I actually, you know, deal with. And, and you know, things that I hold dear to me. You know, entertainment is cool. Speaking of entertainment, the football season's almost here, motherfucker. That, that right there is my favorite form of entertainment, is NFL fucking football. Don't let motherfuckers tell you that football's over and there ain't shit to watch anymore because motherfuckers can't hit anymore and this and that. Hey, I I, I like fucking violent smash-mouth football as much as the next motherfucker, but I'll be goddamned if you tell me fucking football isn't watchable anymore because I'm going to watch the fuck out of it. 
You know what I mean? I'm gonna watch the fuck out of it. I gotta tell you another fucking thing. Sports gambling is legal in New Jersey now, people. I have the DraftKings motherfucking app on my phone. I actually have to go update my ID and get uh because uh, it's expired, and I gotta go get uh, uh updated ID. So a screenshot the ID, the proof of ID, proof of address, and then I can make legal fucking sports bets on my motherfucking phone. Legal fucking sports bets on my fucking phone in New Jersey, goddammit. This is going to be an interesting season. This is going to be a fucking interesting season, goddammit. So, um, I don't know when I'm doing another show. Again, you guys can hit me up with fucking topics, encouragement, all the fucking shit you want to do. Because I do appreciate it. And um, I do like doing this. But it's just a matter of uh, time to do it and uh, motivation to do it. Those two things combined. I, I will find time. I don't know if it's weekly. I don't know if it's every Wednesday. But I will find time if I have the motivation. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to have some football to talk Come once the season gets rolling. That's only a couple weeks away. Um, I do plan on popping over to the uh, Hot Tag Podcast show at some point or another. I think they're back on a reasonable time because at some point they were doing a shit at like 2 in the morning like fucking ECW back in the day. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I don't know how to call into a show like on the VCR set like I used to do with ECW to set the VCR and watch that shit the next day. I don't know how to do a call into a show that way. So um, maybe technology's done some shit where I could do that, but I don't think so. Um, so I'm gonna try to hop on their show soon, you know, we'll see what goes on. Uh, I'll obviously be the negative answer to everything positive they have. Uh, it just, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I am what I am. Um, I'm hoping my man, Bobby Anthem, he'll listen to this show and get his shit together over there and get this fucking studio cracking. Cause he wants me to be part of a, a hip hop show that he's going to do, which is, you know, a bunch of people talking about hip-hop and all the shit they like and don't like. And he kind of sort of said that, like, I am I would be the, uh, the blunt honesty, you know, where it's a lot of people try to be a lot more um, PC and they try to be a little more polite about things, and I'm very blunt. So if that does have a place on, on uh, somebody's podcast occasionally, I, I appreciate that, and I will uh, I will pop on. Uh, and that, I mean, that goes for just about anybody. If you guys got a reason to fucking talk to me or whatever, you want me to pop on to something here or there, fucking hit me up. Like I said, I don't have all the time in the world and shit, but I do enjoy the banter, you know, with people. And, I, you know, uh, if my um my approach to things is something you'd like to hear, then fucking hit me up. I don't know. Maybe not everything's going to work for me, but... um. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll be doing some of this. I don't know how much of it. Like I said, I, I don't want to tell you, yeah, I'll see you next week. Because I, I can guarantee you I'm not doing this next week. Um, unless I find some kind of motivation or reason to it. But probably not. Um, still working on the tat stuff. Uh, I just about finished Oscar. He's looking dope. I started Uncle Deadly. Um, and uh, he he's starting off real good. Um, and then... Uh, we're going to do like a, like brownstone buildings kind of behind Oscar. Like he's sitting on the side of the, you know, side of the house, um, like in Sesame street. And uh, I'm going to put slimy up on the, on the windowsill there. Um, 
Uncle Deadly's gonna look bad as fuck when he's done on my left chest. And uh, on the inside of my left arm, to complete it all, will be fucking Stotler and Waldorf. Which are, I mean, you gotta understand, all this shit is like right up my alley as far as, uh, you know, my, my love for Muppets and Puppets and, you know, this is, uh, this, this is what I'm into. So, um, obviously the characters, you got Animal, you got fucking Oscar the Grouch, you got Stotler and Waldorf, and you got Uncle Deadly, so... All, like, right up my alley type characters, and um, I, I'm really excited to do it. My artist, to me, is the fucking best I've ever seen. I've, I've seen some great tattoo work out there, and um, I, I just couldn't be happier with the guy that I got to uh, to do this stuff. Dude's phenomenal. He's one of my favorite people to hang out with, uh, Kelvin McClendon, uh, McClendon Studios, Lakehurst, New Jersey. Um, again, I don't, I don't really know... Uh, anybody's ability to travel or anything like that, but you want to hit this fucking guy up, you get top quality fucking shit done. Dude's booked like fucking two, three months down the road because I mean, he's good. You know, he's damn good. So, um, yeah. Um, what the fuck else? Uh, check out the hot tag podcast. Check out, I got your five stars. Jeremy's over there. I don't know, man. Jeremy's getting negative. <laughs> Jeremy had a lot of good shit to say for a while. And, uh, he, man, he went in on some shit, some show, uh, Limitless, I think it was, something, he he got mad about a lot of shit, uh, so go check out his show, he's getting mad here and there, man, he's, he's, he ain't got your five stars for that fucking show, and, uh, then he went into American Rana, too, he, he, he's talking some shit over there, so, uh, check Jeremy out, and, uh, yeah, check Shaheen and Boxman out to Hot Tag Podcast. And uh, I think that's about all I fucking got. Like I said, hit me the fuck up. I'm always around reachable. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. Um, quite honestly, I'm probably, I'm probably looking to disconnect the service for the month of September because it's a hundred dollars a month and I'm doing like one fucking show to two shows a month, which means it costs me like $50 to do a fucking show minimally. If I do one show a month, it costs me a hundred dollars to do the fucking show, which is fucking crazy. Um, so I'm just trying to be realistic here. Like I said, uh, if, if you don't hear from me for a fucking month, you know that, that, that's what the fuck happened and, uh, save myself a hundred bucks and then I could pop back on just, you know, resubscribe put the shit back on and in the meantime like i said i'm probably gonna try to you know make a couple guest appearances if i can if not whatever the fuck but uh yeah like i said i can turn this shit on and off anytime i want but uh see what goes on and uh what the fuck i got a outro all right talk to y'all motherfuckers later peace talk to y'all later have a nice night Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean?
You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. 